Hall of Fame Village Media and the Pro Football Hall of Fame present Football Heaven. Being the foil then couldn't have been any fun, but now 50 years removed. What do you think about your part, the Raiders part, in helping establish what's really one of the benchmark organizations? Screw them. I'll put up get the hell out of here. <laughs> So, Joe, in our first episode of this podcast, we talked about the 10 most unusual objects in the Pro Football Hall of Fame's collection. And two of those were the uh, elevator panel from Three River Stadium and the turf from the Immaculate Reception. And a, a few artifacts that we have in our collection related to that Immaculate Reception game, that, that conference uh, playoff game between the Oakland Raiders and the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, that most people wouldn't think that the Pro Football Hall of Fame is preserving, uh, is the game program here that we have. We have over 55,000 game programs in our collection. Uh, we also have play-by-plays of uh, games going all the way back to really the 20s uh, with the Dutch Sturneman collection, but Today, we've got the game program here. I've pulled out the play-by-play from that December 23rd, 1972 game, uh, ultimately would be known as the Immaculate Reception. And these play-by-play sheets are great, particularly if you're not able to watch the game or listen to it on the television. For researchers, there's a wealth of information that they can, uh, they can get from these play-by-play starting lineups, uh, scoring summaries. And I think one of the things that these play-by-plays do is they, they give you a, a different perspective uh, of, of how the game unfolded. And most people now just remember the actual immaculate reception play that Franco Harris uh, scored the game-winning touchdown. But if you really go back to that game, it was a defensive struggle. You know, six to zero, a couple of field goals by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Oakland Raiders get the ball back with three minutes and I think 42 seconds to go. Ken Stabler leads a, a great drive down the field that ultimately ends with a 30-yard uh, touchdown scramble that he thinks is the game-winning touchdown. And then ultimately, the Steelers get the ball back with one minute and 13 seconds. Let me, let me actually look at the play-by-play to see here. Yep, one, one minute, 13 seconds, Bradshaw takes over. Six plays later, uh, Franco Harris catches uh, the actual game-winning touchdown, a 60 yard touchdown uh, pass play and Pittsburgh wins the game 13 to seven. Yeah. You know, that's great, John, you know, that, that document really does document uh, history. You know, it was uh, a, a game that you said, as you said, uh, Ken Staber literally thought he'd won the game and yet there was time left on the clock and uh, Terry Bradshaw in a desperation as he's falling backwards, heaves the ball and, uh, you know, becomes the hero. Franco becomes a household name and history is made. Gentlemen, before we get any further in celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, we are joined by two men that were on the field. Wait, One of wait, them is wait, trying wait, to hold wait, me up. Wait, wait, He's not wait, even letting wait, me introduce wait, him. Wait, 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 wait. He's here to celebrate? <laughs> yeah, I'm not celebrating. Uh, okay, okay. All right, to be fair, Franco Harris, Franco Harris is here to tell us why he cut a piece of carpet out of the floor of a stadium. And Fred Boletnikoff is here to set the record straight on whatever it is what? that Franco tells us. Wait, so Raiders let, don't do that. Oh, no, of course not. Well, let, let's start with this one, though, because 
because we did start this episode with this piece of carpet. I mean, I suppose it's supposed to be turf, but you went down to Three River Stadium and cut out a piece of green carpet, turf? It was unbelievable because back in our day, we didn't, I guess, well, we didn't pay much attention to memorabilia. Right. Okay, and saving stuff and all that kind of stuff. You know, now I look back and say, wow, I wish we would have kept this, kept that, you yep. know, blah, blah, blah. And we just didn't. So it just so happened, the turf wasn't on my mind, but I just looked in the paper one day and I saw the Steelers were putting in new turf and they were tearing up the old field, Three Rivers Stadium, the, the first field. Well, well, like the first tarp that was on there. And it just entered my mind that, well, this is the immaculate reception area, so I want to save the tarp, you know, the turf from that area. Don't ask me why that entered my, you know, my thinking, and it, it's, you know, wasn't something that I was thinking about. It just happened, spare the moment, and I said, I'm going down to the stadium. I went down to the stadium, and... Did you bring your own exacto knife? <laughs> Scissors? And, 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 no, no, what was interesting was they were on break, and they were just about to shred the turf in that exact area that I needed. And luckily, timing worked out where I went there at that exact time when they were on break, and they did not shred that area, and I asked them... You know, I'd like to get that. And they said, sure, Frank, I will get that for you. And they cut it out, and I saved that piece. And and I just put it in my garage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just rolled it up, put it in my garage, and didn't think too much about it. And then as years passed, you know, things in your mind, and I guess memories and the value of the memories just get bigger and greater. And... And I said, well, I'm glad I kept this piece of turf that where the immaculate reception happened. And, uh, you know, so... Yada, 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 yada. <laughs> <laughs> yada. Uh, right. like I should have broken into the garage. You should have a piece of memorabilia <laughs> that where the ball hit on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I to be it. fair, <laughs> Fred... You've caught a ball or two in your life. Take us back to when you're standing on the sideline and you're watching this play. What are you like thinking? Like I said, we're halfway in a locker room. Oh, you didn't even see <laughs> it. Right. Oh, yeah, I saw it. Don't worry. <laughs> I saw it. Yeah, I was telling the Franco earlier, that's probably the best scrambling performance Terry Bradshaw ever did in his oh, life. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. Oh. He'd never done that again. But getting <laughs> back to, to what Franco did, uh, I, I believe that somewhere along the line, when you're playing in a game we played in, uh, you only go to the next level when somebody makes a great play and helps the team win, which obviously he did. And that's the thing that you need to do. That's the thing you need to have done. Somebody's got to step up, and he stepped up. That's the bottom line. You know, do we like it? Ah, whatever. Okay. <laughs> but no, it's you know it's been going on for fifty years. Luckily, we're alive. To fifty still years. Enjoy <laughs> That's it. Who the hell thought? Hey, I thought I'd be dead at thirty-five. <laughs> so I got here. I have no idea. But think how great that play, how great Kenny Stabler's play would have been. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, if, if the immaculate reception didn't happen because sure. that was, you know, because Kenny's not known for his speed and running well, and all that. And what, well, to run 30 yards and get a touchdown? Yeah. Right. Broke, that, that was. Well, there was so yeah. much more to that whole game, you know, the, the, the changing of the, of the culture in Pittsburgh. But I want to say, you know, you talked about the, the workmen stopping just before reaching the, the uh, point where they would have been shredding where the immaculate reception occurred. Right. It dawns on me we had the immaculate reception and divine intervention. <laughs> <laughs> he must. Have, he must have went to church. I tell you again. But but back to I, I do want to say back to the culture because yeah. that game that play changed a culture in a in a community, oh, a, a steel town that was losing everything. To, no, absolutely. It well, did. well, well yeah. you know, like I asked, like I asked two questions with with this play. Did the immaculate reception help to make? the rest of the 70s happened. And if the rest if the rest of the 70s didn't happen, would the Immaculate Reception be the number one play? Yeah. Oh you yeah, know? absolutely. That's like what I said earlier, that's what happens. That's what gets that's what you that's what gets guys, teams to where they want to go. It's that simple. And you got, like I said, you got to have somebody to do it, and you did it, and you know everybody else has wished they could do that, and people don't get that opportunity, but you did. Well, you know, if I may say one more thing, that if you know the history of the Steelers is a pretty bleak history when you look at the beginning, from 1933 when they were founded to 1971, they were rated the worst football in NFL history. <laughs> More losses than any other team. Fewest points ever scored. Most points scored against. They were the bottom of the barrel. And now 1972, you know, we had a heck of a season and made the playoffs for the second time in their 40-year history. And, and so we go into the playoffs and the Steelers were always known, and I heard this when I got to Pittsburgh, you know, they always found a way to lose, the same old Steelers. They always found a way to lose. And, and so when you look at the game against the Raiders, we were winning, and, 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 and me and Fred were talking, it was a tough defensive game. De both defenses were playing great, and the hitting was incredible. And, and then Kenny Stabler made that heck of a play. And, and then and, you showed up. <laughs> <laughs> but, and like they went ahead, and Art Rooney, the founder of the Steelers, got on the elevator. Which he has too, by the way. Oh, yeah. And, yep. and you know, got on the elevator because they were used to losing. Okay, and, and once again, he got on the elevator saying, well, we were winning and we found a way to lose. And he got on the elevator and as he was going down, we found a way to win. Well, Fred, all these years later, when we talk about that moment being so galvanizing mm -hmm. for the Steelers franchise, being the foil then couldn't have been any fun, but now 50 years removed. What do you think about your part, the Raiders' part, in 
helping establish what's really one of the benchmark organizations. Screw them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let me get the hell out of here. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. now, now we're part of our success. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Al, if Al heard me say yes, I'm happy to be part of it. He'd be rolling over in his grave. Uh, you know. No, I, no, I'll tell you what. It's just, you know what? There was such great, two great teams, especially defensively. And then you go to offense, and they had guys that can make plays. Everybody. And that's what you're looking for. And like I keep saying, that's what plays. It, you know something? The entire game, if that referee did not leave the field and go over to that dugout and then come back, <laughs> it would have been a whole different discussion. Yes, yes. But when he left the field and went there and we're all waiting, and we're like, well, there's no instant replay. <laughs> Who the hell is he talking to? He's yeah, talking to Rooney. Yeah, like, <laughs> down the hallway. Yeah, like, I mean, like, I mean what was interesting uh, was that they didn't signal a touchdown. Right, right. right. Across. And, yeah. and you say interesting. John Madden said criminal. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Our secondary well, was a criminal element. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be yeah, my but, question to you guys is what was going through your mind, you know, during that time when they were, you know, Talking. Well, we know we're in Pittsburgh. We're getting screwed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get to the locker room. Get the bus ready. Warm up the play. Uh, let's get the hell out of here. Now, that's called home field advantage, right, guys? <laughs> do, you know, do you know the, the phone down in that dugout that the referee went to and called up to the press box? was presented to John Madden by one of his assistants. <laughs> they ripped it out of the wall oh, when really? they returned to Three Rivers and gave it to him. And John, John, you know, the late John, yeah. the late great John Madden, yeah. you know, has it, his family has it now. But he told me before he died, he said, mm-hmm. we're going to give that to the Hall of Fame too. Oh, did, did Coach Madden and uh, Chuck Knoll get along? You know, I don't know. I, really yeah, I, don't, I, know. Don't, I don't either. But, you know, they're like two totally different personalities. Yeah. You know, oh yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. that doesn't mean that they wouldn't get along, but I no. think they had great respect for each other. How could you not? You have you know? to. Yeah, and like I really enjoyed John. Oh yeah, I John really was did. fantastic. Yeah. You know, yeah, really the, was. very few rules, which none of them ever followed. We never followed them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that was good. He knew it. You know, just as long as he showed up, went out there and played. And like John used to say, he said. You know, I didn't get the guy down the street in the bar do what you're doing. <laughs> so get playing, all right? But no, but I, but you know what? I, I was telling Franco earlier. It's like I told John after game we're walking out field. I said, you know what? That damn Franco. The only thing he didn't do was sing the national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> now's your now's your chance. Would you like to? <laughs> Absolutely. And I know the words. <laughs> But that, that, you know, that, you know, you know it's, it's funny, like we just mentioned a few minutes ago, 50 years ago, you know, yeah. and thank God we're still here 50 years ago to even talk about it, win or lose, you know, it's still something that's going to be controversial forever and uh, with us and with Pittsburgh, and it's always going to be, ah, no, he didn't catch it, ah, hit there, all that mm-hmm. stuff, but, you know, he, he pulled off the play, okay. you know, like I said, it was, it was great, you know. It's like Al used to say all the time, when we're going on the field, he'd be on the sideline. Only word out of the mouth is be great. Mm. Be great. Yeah. That's it. That's what he'd say. And, and like uh, to have special moments and moments we can reflect on just, you know, really connects to a, to a lot of things. You know what I mean? And 
that, that we were talking about, you know, even though, you know, we were adversaries on the field, off the field, you know, hey, these guys are great guys. You know, love, you know, we love our guys. And, and, uh, and so, you know, you know, football is a special game, yeah. tough game, you know, and, and had some tough battles. Uh, but, uh, but the guys are just great guys. Joe Green. That's not, me. Not mean Joe Green. So are we supposed to officially never say mean Joe Green again? Do you want to keep sitting there in <laughs> nice, comfortable seat? Mr. Green, thank Mr. you so much for this time right now. When we talk about the Immaculate Reception 50 years ago being a catalyst for the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, Franco Harris just told us a few minutes ago that that defense perhaps doesn't get quite the credit that it should have, not only in that window of time, but in that game. He's correct. How about that? He's an offensive guy, and he was <laughs> correct about the defense. Well, when you think of that game, what do you think of outside of that catch? Well, as the play was going on, I was uh, on the sideline, obviously, and in the bench area, I think that covers uh, the 50-yard line on either side, plus or minus to the 45. And I was on the uh, minus 45, somewhere in there, and, and I was talking to a teammate of mine, a fellow, fellow teammate, John Rouser, and I was reflecting over the season because it had been so special for, for us. At that point in time, the Steelers had never, my team had never won anything. And I was telling John, saying to John that this season cannot end this way. And this is with Terry Bradshaw running for his life away from the Raider rush. And when he let the ball go to, to the Frenchman, who was being covered by Jack Tatum. Tatum was looking at, at Frenchie towards our, our offense, and Frenchie had his back turned a little bit, and he was trying to catch an over-the-shoulder ball that ended up being a little high, and it careened off of Jack's uh, shoulder. And when it was floating in the air, and I'm sitting was standing probably 15 yards something away from Franco and I don't know where he caught the ball somewhere between the 45 and 40 somewhere in that area and, I, and I, as I was looking Franco was running and he caught the ball and I said oh shit we got one <laughs> and when Franco started running to this day I believe that I beat him to the end zone. I really do. Until if I see it on tape that I didn't, I think he's probably changed. But I've been telling him, telling him this over and over for all of these years. And it did, that play did change. Well, it was the front door, front door to all of the good things that would happen to us over the, for us over the course of the next, oh, up until uh, 
Super Bowl fourteen. Do, do you think you recognize that in the moment, or is that something right when that happened? Did you feel this is a new page for the Pittsburgh Steelers, or only looking back do you think of that as the catalyst? Obviously, looking back is it's, it's a clearer picture. But at that point in time, just jubilant, happy, 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 you know? You have to experience uh, the history of the Steelers fans and of the players that played for Pittsburgh prior to 72. And I was one of those people, players. My first year was in 69. We won one ball game. When you think about the fact that Franco was just a rookie that year, is it almost better that he didn't realize how big of a moment that would ultimately be? Oh, well, Franco... Franco's another special guy. Um, before Franco, we hadn't won anything. And after Franco, we still had, we had some problems when, when Franco left. So Franco, for me, was Mr. Pittsburgh. You know, who, who else is going to have the... Uh, the ability and the mindset to to follow the football and pick it up an inch off the carpet, other than Franco. You know, he Franco doesn't quit on anything. He didn't quit on that place. Some players would have, thinking that, uh, like most of the stands thought, uh, that it was over. But, you know, Franco, you know, you see him all the time on the sideline, prancing up and down, up and down, going south, going north, back and forth, back and forth, waiting for his opportunity. And he was special, still is. All those years that you were in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and they still kept talking about the Immaculate Reception. You ever get tired of that guy, Franco? No, no, never got tired of it because, uh, uh, funny story, growing up as a kid, I was a Dallas Cowboy fan, and I hated the Steelers. And I hated Franco pr- probably the most, right? <laughs> Why? Uh, Why the most? Uh, because he just destroyed, he just destroyed uh, the Cowboys from, you know, time and time again. It's just like, we just. You know, couldn't beat him. And as soon as I got to Pittsburgh, he befriended me. And it was like, so we went to lunch. I'll never forget it. And I, tell, I, I told Frank, I said, Frank, I used to hate you as a kid. I just got to tell you. My brother, my older brother, four years older, he was a diehard Steeler fan, loved the Steelers. When I played at Notre Dame, we played Pitt. And when... They came in town. He made my mom and dad drive him to the uh, the to the stadium so he can kiss the ground. Right? <laughs> I, st- I was like, "What?" <laughs> but but that was his thing. And so when I came to Pittsburgh, I told Fra- Frank, I said, "Listen, man, I I have to admit, I, I hated you at growing up as a kid." Um, and we have developed such a great relationship uh, since then. So, no, I, the, the Immaculate Reception was something that uh, 
we appreciate it because it actually told the legacy, the story of it. And not a lot of people know that that year, they didn't, they didn't win a Super Bowl that year. Um, but it started them on the road, right? And that was like the moment where everybody believed that we, we've got championship DNA. And so I think that's kind of where the team was, was headed. And it helped us create the standard that is there now. We need one more thing from both of you. Can you give us, in all your time in coming to Canton, something really fun that you get to do in this city? I get to go to Bender's Tavern every night. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite spot. Franco, is there something that you really enjoy doing in the city of Canton? Uh, I enjoy that that uh, candy shop. Oh, yeah. Haggies. Uh, Haggies, yep. I enjoy Haggies. Then the uh, the Italian restaurant place, golly, Franco. Oh, oh, love uh, the pizzeria. The pizzeria, yeah. Yep. So yeah. Uh, I guess my whole thing is around food. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, it was so great hearing from all of our guests. Um, you know, really, uh, you know, an incredible matchup, an incredible game, and really, like you mentioned it was the start of something really special uh, for the 1970s Pittsburgh Steelers. No question. And it was also, you know, we don't want to lose sight. The Pittsburgh Steelers began a dynasty, a football dynasty, but they also had a tremendous impact on a community that was devastated by what we now call the Rust Belt. It really gave the city of Pittsburgh a new identity and lifted the entire population's spirit for a decade to come. Visit Canton and experience Hall of Famers' hometown favorites for yourself. Plan your trip to America's playing field. If you enjoyed today's episode, please, please check out the Hall's other exciting podcast, The Mission. For more Football Heaven episodes and bonus content, please visit Hall of Fame Village Media and Pro Football Hall of Fame social media.